Folks, what does everyone do when shopping online? Well, you jump to the reviews and you see what customers actually think. Well, Bull and Branch did the hard work for you. In a recent customer survey, 96% said Bull and Branch sheets get softer with every single wash. Bull and Branch sheets are made from the finest 100% organic cotton threads on planet Earth. Buttery to the touch, super breathable. Bull and Branch sheets are perfect for both cooler and warmer months. Their luxurious signature hem sheets were made without pesticides, formaldehyde, or other harsh chemicals. They really do get softer with every single wash. Best of all, Bull and Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping. Returns on all orders. You're not going to want to return them. We love our Bull & Branch product. In fact, when I'm on the road, I actually travel with their cable knit throw blanket. It is that good. Their product is just awesome. After a long day, nothing feels better than a restful night's sleep in the softest, most luxurious sheets. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bull & Branch. Get 15% off your very first order when you use code BEN at bullandbranch.com. That's Bull & Branch, spelled B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code BEN. Exclusions apply. See site for details, bullandbranch.com. So, it's the nightmare scenario. According to a new NBC Wall Street Journal poll, Donald Trump's is now collapsing. He's down 52% to 38% to Hillary Clinton in a two-way race. He's down 46% to 35% in a four-way race. In the generic congressional ballot, Democrats now outstrip Republicans by 49 to 42. Trump is not merely losing. He's dragging the entire GOP down with him, just in time to hand complete power to Hillary Clinton and her Democratic allies in the House of Senate. So well done, everyone. This is happens. This is what happens when you nominate a combination of Todd Akin and Mark Foley to the presidency. In late August 2012, if you recall, Missouri Senator Todd Akin made comments about a local radio show on a local radio show about rape and abortion. The comments made him a national laughingstock. Republicans across the nation immediately cut ties. They sacrificed his Senate seat in an attempt to prevent the electoral infection from spreading. In the end, Republicans lost just two seats in the Senate and eight seats in the House. In September 2006, Representative Mark Foley of Florida was caught in a scandal involving sexual liaisons with congressional pages. Republicans again attempted to distance themselves, this time far too late. Republicans lost 30 seats in the House and control of the chamber to Nancy Pelosi and her radical Democrats. Now, Imagine if Todd Akin or Mark Foley had been running for president. And imagine if the Republicans had then insisted on tying themselves to those candidates. That's right now. Donald Trump knows this election is over. Everybody knows this election is over, except for a few demented people over at Breitbart News. But they're clinging to an alternative reality anyway. Sorry to be depressing, folks. This is the truth. It's a reality in which Trump could still win, but only if everybody stays loyal to him and talks about how great he is. Trump's debate performance gives him just enough credibility that Republicans will stay in line. He tossed red meat at Republicans, and they're eating it up. Republican officials who continue to defect will be punished by people who think they're defecting because they're too weak need to attack Hillary Clinton. That's why Paul Ryan got booed after refusing to invite Donald Trump to an event on Saturday, the day after news of the blank tape broke, the, the P-word tape broke. Here's Robert Cost of the Washington Post reporting just that, quote, in calls this morning, many Republicans privately wanted effect from Trump, but they say the debate gave them pause since he roused their base. So the hemorrhaging of Republicans away from Trump has stopped for the moment, even if some like Speaker of the House Paul Ryan are gradually attempting to edge away quietly like Homer Simpson into a bush. In theory, that's fine. In practice, it's going to be the equivalent of a Viking funeral. The Viking dies. The community insists his widow climb on the funeral pyre with him. Trump's pride demands that if his candidacy is dead, everyone shall burn with him like the heathen kings of old. And burn they shall. Trump informed his voters on Sunday that anyone who wouldn't support him should be punished at the polls, raising the ugly specter of people voting for Trump at the top of the ballot and then leaving the rest of the ballot blank. So Trump's going to go down, he's going to take the rest down with him, and he's going to laugh while doing so. Here's what Robert Costa tweeted, quote, Trump's circle gloating, privately mocking elected Republicans who are agonizing. One laughed and said, we don't care. Here's the thing. 
Trump isn't a Republican. He's not a conservative. He probably doesn't think things will be that bad if Hillary and the Democrats are elected, which is why he gave money to them for 30 years. That's the sick joke of this election cycle. His supporters think it's the end of the world if Hillary and the Democrats take over, and they're pretty much close to right. But Trump is perfectly happy to watch Republicans and conservatives go down in fiery ruin just so he can feel good about the size of his hands. And Hillary knows it. For months, she's tried to separate Trump off from normal Republicans. She thought she could draw Republicans to her side if she created an option to escape Trump. Now that she knows she's going to win big, she's going in for the kill. She's linking all Republicans to Trump, hoping to win the House. Here's what she just tweeted this morning. Quote, Ryan is still endorsing Trump. She's trying to tie them together. This is a full-scale disaster. Hillary's looking to exploit it. And Republicans are too short-sighted to stop it. But it's not just about losing the presidency and losing the Senate and losing the House. Trump has done something else, too. By forcing Republicans to lash themselves to the Trumpian Titanic as it takes on water, he's forced them to destroy their own arguments and their own cause. Republicans have spent decades fighting the leftist false narrative of a broad American war on women. And now they're spending all their time writing off talk of sexual assault as locker room talk. Republicans have spent decades telling voters character matters. And then when their candidate brags about attempting to F married women, they shrug it off by citing King David because apparently they don't know the Bible all that well. Republicans have said they're not racist and neither is America, which is true. And then they brush off the guy who went easy on the KKK and used textbook racism in the words of Paul Ryan against a judge of Mexican descent. They're giving Democrats all the fodder they'll need for decades more of crap and false arguments about the evils of Republicans and the American people. Now, let's be clear. None of this means Republicans can't vote for Trump. You can, and maybe you should. As I've said thousands of times at this point, it's possible to condemn in the strongest terms all of Trump's evils and still make a lesser of two evils choice. A lot of my friends are doing that. But many Republican leaders aren't capable of the cognitive dissonance. So instead, they make excuses for Trump and they make light of his disgusting rhetoric and action and they lose women and they lose minorities and they lose an entire generation of young voters in the process, not to mention their souls. The Trump advocates wanted to see everything burn. They're going to get their wish. But Hillary's going to be the one holding the mash and match and she's going to be laughing hysterically while Donald sits off to the side, securing the knowledge that at least he demonstrated just what a tough guy he is. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Okay, sorry for the depressing lead there, folks, but I just decided I would would get the the ugly stuff out of the way. So we'll talk about the debate last night, which went better for Trump than was expected. Of course, the expectations were that he would spontaneously combust, burst into a ball of flame, hurl himself on Hillary Clinton, and then they would both burn down to cinder. But since that didn't happen, he won. So we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about, you know, the the fallout from that, the fallout for the Republican Party, because there's just a lot happened over the weekend. We did a Friday show, but it was too early in the day, so we missed all of the Trump... um, Vagina talk, uh, and so we will we'll, we'll get into all of that. But first, but first, uh, we have to say hello to our advertisers over at Bowl and Branch. It's B O L L and Branch, and they make sheets, and they make the greatest sheets in the world. These sheets are truly astoundingly good. Uh, we we got them, and uh, we have them on our bed. And I am very very picky about the sheets that I sleep on because I tend to uh, heat up a lot when I sleep at night. Bowl and Branch sheets—they breathe. They're really comfortable. They're really nice. Uh, they're good-looking sheets. I mean, it's, 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 they, they really make terrific product. Luxury sheets can cost up to $1,000 in the store, but Bull & Brand sheets are only a couple of hundred bucks. So you get them for a good price. And if you think, oh, well, that sounds expensive for a, for a set of sheets, remember, you're sleeping on these things every night, and they really do affect the quality of your sleep. They definitely affect the quality of my sleep. Uh, they have thousands of five-star reviews, uh, and uh, I, I believe there are, there are three former presidents who have slept on them, which means that three former presidents and not Hillary Clinton have slept on them, because Bill and Hillary have never actually shared a pair of sheets, uh, or if they did, it was many, many years ago, one time, and that's how Chelsea was born. In any case, 
Boland Branch are the sheets, and uh, and they are fantastic. If you if you go to their website right now, bullandbranch.com, bullandbranch.com, B-O-L-L and branch.com, use the promo code Ben, 50 bucks off your first set of sheets. So instead of a couple hundred, it's now 150. So that's pretty awesome. And by the way, you can try them for 30 nights, and if you don't like them, then you can return them. So you can even see if it's something that you like. Shipping is free, and uh, and I promise you, like as somebody who knows nothing about sheets except the quality of the ones that I sleep on, like, I, I can tell you that I've slept on them. They're a fantastic product, bullandbranch.com, promo code Ben. Okay, okay. So, since we last saw one another, lots of things happened. Lots of things happened, people. And not all of these things were good. And most, most of these things were very, very bad for the Republican Party. So, we take our story back to last Friday. We begin last Friday. I finish the show. I say Donald Trump has a shot at restoring some momentum to his campaign. Mike Pence has stopped the slide in the VP debate. And Donald Trump finally has a shot to get back on track. And then this tape comes out. So the Washington Post breaks this tape. Uh, it's, it's a tape of uh, Billy Bush. Uh, the only Bush who mattered in this election cycle turns out to have been Billy. Uh, and Billy Bush is on the bus with Donald Trump. And they're talking about sex and such. And, um, and here is Donald Trump being Donald Trump. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the. <laughs> I can do anything. And Billy Bush giving the fake awkward laugh because he knows that Donald Trump's a celebrity and he's supposed to treat him nicely. Okay, so Billy Bush, by the way, has basically been fired over this. Donald Trump uh, says that, and this, of course, goes viral because tape is everything in, in the modern society. So, look, number one, if you didn't know that this is who was who Trump was, I don't know what you've been watching for the last year. I don't know what you've been reading about him for the last year. I, I, honest to goodness. I mean, like, this is who Trump is, and he's always said this kind of stuff. I mean, in the same tape, he brags about trying to F a married woman, uh, and uh, that's been completely overlooked because of this particular comment. And, and Trump, of course, says that this is just locker room talk. So I want to break this down for a second, okay? Yes, it turns out that men talk dirty about women a lot. It turns out that we think women are sexual creatures, and we say things about their body parts, and welcome to the real world. By the way, I'm under the impression, according to Sex in the City, women do the same thing about men. So the idea that, that men and women don't talk about each other sexually is just silly talk. That said, there's actual bad stuff on this tape, okay? When you talk about wanting to F married women, I don't want to hear any more about how Donald Trump has repented, and he's just like King David, and he's just like Abraham, and he's just like all the, all of the, the founders of religion, that he's, he's you know, an adulterous Cretan who's never apologized for anything and brags about having sex with married women, but he's just like all of the great men in the Bible. Now, shut up. Okay, it's stupid. It's illiterate. You're a moron. Okay, it's not, it's not true. Second thing, when he says—so people brush stuff. It's just talk. Okay, it's just talk. When he says, I just go up to women, and I just kiss them, and they don't do anything about it because I'm famous— that is called sexual assault. It is. I'm sorry. As someone who respects women, as someone who has a wife and three and, and three sisters and a daughter and a mother, as somebody who actually believes that women are to be treasured in terms of how you behave toward them, as someone who has never, ever attempted to walk up to a woman and just kiss her, right? I mean, like, my wife, maybe, right? <laughs> but the, but the, the idea that I would just walk up to a random woman and just kiss her because she's not going to do anything about it. I'm pointing out a couple things about this. Number one, it is sexual assault. Number two, when he says grab her by the bleep, I don't know if he's exaggerating for the purpose of the laugh or if he really has attempted to do that, but he really has attempted to kiss women without their permission, and he just does it randomly. I mean, the New York Times reported this back in May. Uh, they said that he used to go in the Miss Universe dressing rooms and just walk up to women and kiss them on the lips uh, without any sort of forewarning, without even knowing them, just walk up to them. 
And the, the reason that Billy Bush is laughing, by the way, is not because Billy Bush is a uniquely bad guy. It's because everyone in Hollywood acts like this is okay. Everyone in Hollywood acts like this. As somebody who lives in L.A., grew up in L.A., knows a lot of Hollywood people, when you say, when, when Hollywood and the media and the Democrats complain about Trump doing this, let's just be clear. Hollywood and the media and the Democrats all do this, okay? NBC knew he did all this crap for 20 years, and they put him on The Apprentice and left him there and talked him up as a great God King genius. I mean, this tape was lying around the, the archives at Access Hollywood, and nobody bothered to turn that over to management? I mean, like, because this is common, because in Hollywood, this sort of thing is common. Now, that said, it is not justifiable, and it cannot be justified, okay? When you say that you sexually assault women, that can't be, that can't be justified. Now, here is the problem. You can say, you still can say, I'll vote for Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton. You can. You can still say that, right? But if you say, if you say that, you should also say some of the stuff that he's saying is bad. It's bad to say these things. It's bad to do these things, right? Instead, because people can't handle the cognitive dissonance at all, instead what they do is they pretend it's okay. Ah, it's just locker room banter. Oh, it's just dirty talk. What's the big deal? Why is this a big deal? Understand, when you do that, you're handing the Democrats every single thing they want in life. All they want in life is for you to write off, talk about sexual assault as no big deal while they're still trying to claim there's a culture of rape and a war on women. That's all they want politically. That's all they want. And so Trump is dragging down the party with him. So this tape comes out, and a bunch of Republicans do what always happens when something like this comes out. They run for the hills, right? When Todd Akin made comments that I mentioned before about abortion and rape back in 2012, everybody ran for the hills. Here's a list of Republicans who immediately— well, here are the ones who never endorsed or supported him but called on him to step down. Hugh Hewitt, who's been a big Trump booster. Barbara Comstock from Virginia. These are all senators and representatives. Charlie Dent from Pennsylvania. Jeff Flake from Arizona. Will Hurd, Texas. John Kasich, Ohio. John Katko, New York. Steve Knight, California. Mike Lee, Utah. Representative Mia Love, Utah. Governor Susanna Martinez, New Mexico. Senator Lisa Murkowski, Alaska. Governor Brian Sandoval, Nevada. Representative Fred Upton, Michigan. Here are the ones who rescinded their endorsements. Okay, those are the ones who hadn't endorsed ever. Here are the ones who rescinded. Senator Kelly Ayotte, New Hampshire. Governor Robert Bentley, Alabama. Representative Bradley Byrne, Alabama. Senator Shelley Moore Capito, West Virginia. Representative Jason Chase Fitz of Utah. Mike Crapo, Senator from Idaho. Governor Dennis Dalgard of South Dakota. Representative Rodney Davis, Illinois. Senator Deb Fisher of, of Nebraska. Representative Jeff Fortenberry of Nebraska. Corey Gardner of Colorado. Scott Garrett, New Jersey. Gary Herbert, Utah. I mean, it's, it's, this list goes on and on. McCain. Senator Rob Portman. John Thune. I mean, the, the list is endless. Okay, so, so a lot of people just decide, okay, we're out, and the reason we're out is because we're not going to burn with you. Okay, you're going to go down in flames, and we're not going to do it. We're not burning with you. We're not burning with you. We're not going to do this. Okay, so what that formed up into over the weekend was a lot of people saying that Trump should drop out. One of the people saying Trump should drop out is Senator Mike Lee, who never endorsed Trump in the first place and is one of the few honest people left in the United States Congress. I really like Mike Lee, like personally and also as a politician. Here's the senator from Utah. Now, there is a way here for Mr. Trump to have a legacy in this election cycle and for his supporters who are, are really energetic, who have done a, a whole lot of good as far as expanding the party, to have a lasting legacy that could mean something here. And that is for Donald Trump to step aside and for the Republican Party to find a candidate who can bring together all the elements within the Republican Party and defeat Hillary Clinton in November. That's what we want to do. That's what we need to do now. Okay, so he says that, that we need to get rid of Donald Trump. Now, we'll talk about Trump's reaction, and we'll talk about all the rest of this, the debate, in just a second. I want to make a quick note, and then, and then I have to take a break really quickly for, for another ad. But here's, here's the quick note. Okay, folks, I know this isn't pleasant to talk about. You think that I'm sitting here chortling over this? This is horrifying. Okay, it's horrible. And I wish that none of this mattered. I wish that Donald Trump could say stuff like this and 
you know, it wouldn't make any difference. First of all, I don't wish you could say stuff like this. I don't think anyone should say stuff like this because I don't. I'm, I, I believe I'm a gentleman. And I think that that matters to people. And all these people who think that it's being a pansy to be nice to women and not say nasty thing about women, I would just recommend they check their morals handbook again. But I wish that we lived in a world where these weren't the candidates. I wish that Donald Trump were a better candidate. I wish that Republicans weren't blowing this. I wish that the polls didn't show what the polls show. If you come, to, if you come here, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to give you happy talk about what's going to happen in this election. I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. If you want to hear what you want to hear, there are plenty of other places you can get it. If you want to hear this morning only about how Donald Trump is still going to win this election and things are going to be grand and glorious and he's going to appoint the ghost of Justice Scalia to the bench and, and the Republicans are going to win 80 seats in the Senate. If you want to hear all that crap, there are plenty of places you can go and those places will also tell you that people like me own it when things go bad. You know, you could, There are plenty of places for you to go for the happy talk. You're not going to get the happy talk here. I'm going to tell you what is true. I'm going to tell you what is true. And if you don't like it, well, tough. Because the fact is that my job is not to lie to you. And honestly, I don't think that it's worthwhile that any... I think the reason we got here is people lying to you. I think the reason that we got here is that there are a lot of people, Trump supporters included, who were lied to all through the primaries and all the way up to now, who were told that Donald Trump was not only a good conservative, but were also told that not only would he be the only one who could fight, but he would be the only one capable of winning, and that when he fought, he would win. That's what they were told. And, the, and I, I don't think that was true at the time, and I don't think it's true now. And I'm telling you the poll numbers because numbers matter. And I want to hear about stupid online polls from Matt Drudge about 97% versus 3. I love the Drudge Report, too. But online polls don't mean anything. I'm going to give you the poll results, and I'm going to tell you there's now a serious danger that Republicans lose everything to Hillary Clinton so long as they lash themselves to the mast of this Titanic. If you lash yourself, I mean, Donald Trump is now in the midst of an electrical, a raging electrical fire. All that happened in that debate last night is that he gave cover to people who still want to stick with him on the Republican political side, or at least he pressured people to stick with him on the Republican political side. But the polls show that he is still in the middle of a raging electrical fire. Now, if you want to vote for him, you can still vote for him. As I've said before, I understand. I get it. I don't think you're morally lesser for voting for Donald Trump if you think that he's worse, if you think he's better than Hillary Clinton. Go for it. I understand that. Lesser of two evils logic is still compelling logic. It still applies. That said, I'm not going to lie to you about what's going to happen. I'm not going to pretend your vote is going to be the difference between Donald Trump winning and Donald Trump losing. I'm telling you, the only thing that's going to make a difference now, the only thing that's going to make a difference is don't defend stupid, nasty things that people do and say. Don't defend evil things that people do and say. Stand up for principle, no matter who you're voting for, and then vote down ticket. Because I promise you, things are not going to be ugly. They're going to be horrendous if Hillary Clinton is elected and if there's no Republican Congress to stop here. Okay, that said, I want to say hello to our advertisers over at Birch Gold. So Birch Gold Group, if you're looking, if you're worried about the future of the country, and I certainly am, you may want to look into investing in precious metals. Birch Gold Group are the people who I would trust to do that. They have a long-standing track record of great success, thousands of satisfied clients, countless five-star reviews, and A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They have a 16-page kit that reveals how gold and silver can protect your savings and also how you can move your money from 401k uh, or stock option and, and, and the stock market. Market into into the precious metals IRA. To get that kit, you can call Birch Gold Group at 800-496-6663. It's 800-496-6663. And as I say, as I'm fond of saying, you know, make sure that you ask all your questions before you make any investment decisions. Make sure you research everything down to the ground. And then if you want to buy precious metals, then talk to my friends over at Birch Gold Group. It's birchgold.com slash Ben. Make sure you use the slash Ben, birchgold.com slash Ben. And that's how they'll know that we sent you, and they'll continue to advertise with us. And that will uh, allow us to continue functioning after we end up offshore broadcasting because this election is horrifying. Okay, so a final quick note before we have to take our break. Okay, so 
all of this happens. You know, the, Mike Lee said, everybody said, a lot of people say drop out. People who are big Trump backers say drop out. They're realizing that the writing is on the wall and all the rest. And, um, and at this point, Trump says, I'll never drop out. Trump says, I'll never drop out. So he tweets this. The media and establishment want me, to, want me out of the race so badly. I will never drop out of the race. We'll never let my supporters down. Hashtag MAGA. Okay, let me explain something, folks. You're all going to be let down. You're all going to be let down because he's going to get crushed. Sorry to break it to you. I, I hate to be the bearer of bad tidings. He is going to lose. And he's not going to lose in, in, in small fashion. He's going to lose spectacularly. We're talking about McGovern-type numbers. We're talking about, we're talking about Walter Mondale-type numbers. Okay, it's going to be very, very, very ugly. And the worst part is, he's now going to drag other people down with him. Because here's, what, here's the other thing that he tweeted. Quote, so many self-righteous hypocrites watch their poll numbers and elections go down. I remember, I'm old enough to remember when Donald Trump said we all had to vote for Donald Trump because he was going to save the Supreme Court. Let's say that Trump were by some miracle to get elected. Let's say that he were to win for some reason. Okay, something were to happen and it were to come out that Hillary Clinton once had sex with a Russian horse or something. And, and it came out in, in the emails released by the Russians. Let's say all that happened and Donald Trump ends up in office. But he doesn't have a Republican Senate. He doesn't even have close to a Republican Senate. You going to get that Supreme Court judge? You going to get that wall? You're not going to get any of those things. Trump didn't care. Trump never cared. This is all about his ego. It was always all about his ego. Today, Paul Ryan said, I'm not going to campaign for Trump. I'm not going to defend Trump. I'll still vote for him, but I'm not going to campaign or defend Trump because I'm not going to get burned and burn all the members of the House having to defend all of Trump's horrible statements that are going to come out. By the way, if you think that the only shoe to drop is this P-word video, get ready, gang. Get ready. It's going to be 12 days of Christmas for the media because this is just, there's going to be a gift every single day. And I'll tell you what the next gifts are going to be in just a minute because it was perfectly set up last night and Trump fell right into it. Okay. Trump's response to Paul Ryan was, Speaker Ryan should go back to being crappy at his job, basically. This is, real, this is really what he tweeted, okay? This is the guy running for, for president on the Republican ticket. Quote, Paul Ryan should spend more time on balancing the budget, jobs, and illegal immigration, and not waste his time on fighting Republican nominee. That's what Trump is tweeting out at, the, at his own Speaker of the House. Yeah, clearly this is a guy who cares deeply about what happens to the Republican Party. He doesn't care about the Republican Party. He has no interest in, in what happens here. And we'll talk about something that next. We'll talk about something Kellyanne Conway did that's even worse than what Trump did, which is amazing because I like Kellyanne Conway. But first, we have, to, we have to take our break. If you're on Facebook, you'll be cast into the outer darkness, as Andrew Clavin likes to say. Dailywire.com if you want to subscribe. Eight bucks a month, and you can see the rest of this live. In the last month of the cycle, this is when you're going to want to be part of the dailywire.com. You want to join the mailbag. On Thursdays, we have the mailbag. Yeah, Lindsay's here, by the way. That's why I forgot to mention that. Lindsay is sitting right here. Here, being her wonderful self and uh, and shouting woohoo at random odd intervals. So, <laughs> dailywire.com is the place to subscribe. Eight bucks a month, you get my show, you get Clavin's show, and you get all sorts of goodies that are coming soon. I promise there are, there are goodies coming, uh, and uh, and so go there to uh, to become part of the the largest conservative podcast in the nation. Okay, so we're going to go for the, the length record on this show today, uh, and uh, because there's just there's so much to talk about, and uh, so lucky you, gang, you get you get plenty. So, Kelly, so Donald Trump threatens he's threatening people down ballot, he's threatening everybody else. You know, if you don't vote for me, I will burn you down. If you if you if you back out on me, I will burn you down. I will inform all my voters essentially they shouldn't vote down ballot. They'll vote Trump at the top and then leave the rest blank, which means that Trump loses and the Republicans lose because that's who he is. He's a spiteful, petty, egotistical jerk. I mean, the, the, he doesn't care about any of the priorities he supposedly cares about. I don't want to hear any more about how the, Donald Trump and his conservative priorities. If he actually cared, he would still care about whether Republicans win the Senate or the House, even if he loses. 
I care about it. I care about it, don't you? Okay, so Donald Trump's campaign manager then goes out and does something even worse. Kellyanne Conway. So I've been very kind to Kellyanne Conway. I think most people have, right? Most people have been very nice to Kellyanne Conway um, because they've said what a wonderful job she's done containing Trump for most of this. And then uh, up until the last couple of weeks, that was true. And then the monster escaped the basement, as I like to say. He broke free of his chains and, uh, chains and decided to, uh, to assault a small child. So Kellyanne Conway has been sort of the bright spot in this campaign. Um, and uh, that all died for me last night. So this is what she said right after the debate about fellow Republicans. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me just explain to you as somebody who works for him and knows him well and has been alone with him many times. He is very gracious. He's a gentleman. I've never experienced that conduct. I would talk to some of members of Congress out there when I was younger and prettier, them rubbing up against girls, sticking their tongues down women's throats who yeah. uninvited who didn't like it. Yeah, you're saying, yeah, because you know it's true. They no, used I'm to. hearing you. I've heard those they accounts, did, no, of course. But I want to and ask some you of them, by the way, are on the list of people who won't support Donald Trump because they all ride around on their high horse. Okay, that is the nastiest thing in the world. That's the nastiest thing in the world, what she just did right there. So she says, you know, Donald Trump, you're talking about Donald Trump and sexual harassment and all the rest of it. Well, how about all of these, these Congress people who are doing it? But the nasty thing is, she says, some of them are on the list of people who aren't endorsing him. Okay, Kellyanne, if you don't want to be a bad person, and this does make you a bad person, by the way, shouting accusations at people without any evidence or without even naming them makes you a bad person. She says, she says, they must, she says they're on the list, but she won't name them. So let's assume that they're sexual harassers. I mean, what she's talking about is sexual harassment or sexual assault. That's what she's talking about. She won't name them. She won't name them. Right? They're just a, we're, we're supposed to guess at it, which, of course, slanders the entire group. Everybody who doesn't support Donald Trump is a closet sexual abuser, according to Kellyanne Conway. That's about as nasty as it gets. And the only way to escape the wrath of Kellyanne Conway going on national TV and suggesting that you're groping up the interns is for you to vote for Donald Trump? That's what this comes down to now? What a horrifying party this has become if this is the way that we're going to run elections now. I mean, truly horrifying. Why wouldn't I, You should be horrified by this. It's horrifying. I'm sorry. When you have a member of your own party accusing members of your own party without evidence and without names of sexually assaulting women, first of all, if she wants to protect other women, wouldn't you assume she'd name them? And why wouldn't she name them? To protect other women from the, from the depredations of these evil bastards that she's talking about. But no, she's just going to, because her goal isn't to protect women, gang. Her goal is to protect Donald Trump who it turns out is the weakest of them all. Okay, so all this goes down, and then the defense starts. Then the defense starts. So you got Rudy Giuliani out there, who doesn't have the most wonderful history with his own wives. Rudy Giuliani out there talking about what men talk about in the locker room. Let's talk with Rudy Giuliani about what men talk about in the locker room. Go, Rudy. I don't know any man. I have n I've been in locker rooms. I've been a member of a fraternity. I have never heard any man ever brag about being able to maul women because they get away with it. Never. He, uh, we've taken it to an extra degree, but in, in, in any of it, we've taken it to an extra degree of what he said. But uh, the, the fact is that men t at times talk like that. Not all men, but men do. You've talked like that? He was wrong for doing it. I am not justifying it. I believe it's wrong. I know he believes it's wrong. I believe that this is not the man that we're talking about today. Okay, so, so he refuses to answer the question whether he's talked like that. Okay, so 
I'll be straight with you, okay? I'm not somebody who fancies hanging out in locker rooms. I'm not that interested in looking at other sweaty, naked male dudes, okay? That's not not something I'm interested in. My goal in the locker room is to get dressed and get out of there as quickly as possible before I see some 60-year-old walking through hanging. I mean, that's that's not what what I'm interested in. And by the way, any man of any age, but particularly once once you're old and gray, the slights are not wonderful in there. Uh, So my goal is to get out of there as fast as possible. I don't know who hangs around in the locker room in their towels talking about what Donald Trump does. Again, you make light of this. Imagine for a second you're an undecided woman. You're a suburban soccer mom, and you're watching this. Does this make you like the Republicans more, or does this make you like the Republicans less? Forget about whether you think it's true. Forget about the truth or falsity, because this is politics, and truth was left aside long ago. Let's instead, let's instead focus, perhaps, on the political reality here. What do you, so what do you think? What do you think? Do you think that this is—do you think— that this is a, uh, a does this make him more likable? Uh, do you like Rudy Giuliani more if you're a single, if you're if you're a single woman or if you're a soccer mom? Does this make you more or less likely to vote Republican? Okay, Brian Kilmeade on Fox and Friends. I like Brian personally. I think Brian's a wonderful guy. His books are terrific. He has a really good book about George Washington and the spy ring that's really really good. Here's Brian Kilmeade doing his best to defend Trump. Soon we're going to all stop texting and talking to each other because it all could come back right. to bite us. Right. Let's just stop communicating entirely. And everybody's laughing. So we can't talk with each other anymore. No, I don't think it's about that. I think that, again, I, I'm, I'm of the belief. Now, make a quick point here. I'm of the, of the belief that private comments generally should not be up for public debate. When Donald Sterling was caught on tape saying bad things about black people, I actually thought that it was nasty that they took his team away from him because I didn't see any behavior that was connected to it. Donald Trump said that he has done these things. There are reports of him having done these things. Therefore, it is now relevant. Therefore, it's now relevant. End of story. And put aside the whole thing. Politically speaking, of course, he's toast. Politically, he's, he's in trouble. Katrina Pearson does her best to try and defend. Katrina Pearson on defense, not a great look. Look, I have two brothers. I was in sports, so I was around a lot of athletes. Uh, this truly was two men who had what they thought was a private conversation talking about an attractive woman. Um, he calls it locker room banter. Do your and, brothers and talk about grabbing women by the genitals? I don't know what they talk about specifically because when I walk into the room, they stop those discussions. You know your brothers. You but believe I will that say, they talk about grabbing women by the genitals and laughing about it and doing whatever they want to them? But what I will say is I've also been around a lot of famous athletes and Hollywood celebrity types. Um, and that is the entertainment culture. This was just discussion. This was two guys having a discussion. Nothing actually took place. They were words, and they were 11 years ago. Okay, who cares if they're 11 years ago? He's 59 at the time. Oh, he was just a young lad back in his youth at 59. Uh, but okay, so th- this is this is weak tea. So this is all the lead up to the debate. This is all the lead up to the debate. So we get, you know, in spitting this into the debate, and Donald Trump knows that he's in serious trouble, and so he does what every villainous henchman in a movie does, he unleashes all the nukes, right? And all the nukes are Juanita Broderick and Kathy Shelton and uh, and Paula Jones and Kathleen Willey, and he stacks them all up next to him at a table beforehand, and he, they start talking about how Bill and Hillary Clinton have done this sort of stuff before. True. True. It's just late. Okay, it's late. And also, he's not running against Bill. He's running against Hillary. Women are more sympathetic to Hillary in these scenarios than they are to the actual guy who says he's going to sexually assault women. They just are. Okay, forget about whether what Hillary did is terrible or not. It is. But if you ask a woman, what's worse? What's worse, raping a woman or the wife coming up later and patting her hand and saying, thank you for everything you do for us, which is what she said to to Juanita Broderick, allegedly, uh, or saying the Kathleen Willey was some bimbo or floozy. Which do you think that women think is worse, the, 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 the sexual assault and the guy bragging about it or the lady who's sort of covering for it later? Most women are, are not 
are, are going are gonna to shy on the side of, of Hillary versus Trump in that particular battle. But it's the only card he has left to play, and so he plays it. Uh, and then he goes into the debate. And, and the first half hour is just rock'em, sock'em robots. The first half hour is just them hitting each other as hard as they possibly can in the face over and over again. And Trump does a good job. Trump actually does a very good—he does a good job in this debate of, of slipping some punches— and making some moves and doing his best to attempt to to avoid stepping in the bear trap. And so I'll say up front, I mean, I said at the top of the show, I think Trump won the debate in the sense that Trump's goal here was to survive. That's all it was. I mean, it's, he he can't win the election anymore. He may think he can. He can't. But it's but he his goal here was to not end his campaign. It was to stop the bleeding inside the Republican Party. Uh, and uh, and he did that. It was good enough to, to force all of the other Republicans into into the train back into the train with him, which is good for him and very bad for the Republican Party. The best thing that might have been able to happen for the Republican Party is if, if the dude's toast anyway, have him utterly blow up last night, and then everyone sort of leaves, and then the Senate and House races become completely separate from Trump. But he was good enough last night to rope them back on. And so instead of it just being a giant party implosion right now, October 10th, it's going to be a slow rolling implosion all the way up to November 8th, which is probably worst case scenario, since everything has gone as, it possible, as, as badly as it possibly could go in 2016. Of course, that's how this goes. So... Trump starts off the debate, and uh, and the first question, and I will say the moderators were awful. The questions were awful. Martha Raddatz clearly wanted to debate. She, she at one point, almost tried to reach in and, and have Hillary tag her so she could jump in like a, like a tag team and then, and then jump on Donald Trump. Uh, Anderson Cooper wasn't quite as bad, but there was one moment that's very clearly designated as a, as a hit point on Donald Trump. Anyway, the, the debate starts, and, and here's how it looks. Thank you, and good evening. The last presidential debate could have been no rated as MA, mature audiences, per TV parental guidelines. Knowing the educators assigned viewing the presidential debates as students' homework, do you feel you are modeling appropriate and positive behavior for today's youth? Well, thank you. Are, are you a teacher? Um, yes, I think that that's a very good question because easy I've question. heard from lots of teachers and parents about some of their concerns about some of the things that are being said and done uh, in this campaign. Uh, and I think it is very important for us to make clear to our children that our country really is great because we're good. Stop it there. And so I just want to point out, she's paraphrasing Alexis de Tocqueville, who's a French philosopher who visited the United States around 1830. Of course, she won't cite the rest of the quote. The rest of the quote is that he looked for the goodness of America in her harbors, and he looked for the goodness of America in her constitution, which is wonderful, and in the Declaration, and he found it in her churches. Right? He found the goodness of America in her churches. The greatness of America was in the fire from the pulpit. Right, which is, of course, all the stuff that she opposes. But she, she says, America, it will be, if we're good, then we'll be great. And you can see Trump is in the background just growling because this question was, was absolutely designed as, okay, Hillary, hit him across the face as hard as you possibly can. Okay, so then Trump answers, and, uh, and, and we get at the very beginning, we have sedated Trump at the very beginning. Well, I actually agree with that. I agree with everything she said. Uh, I began this campaign because I was so tired of seeing such foolish things happen to our country. This is a great country. This is a great land. I've gotten to know the people of the country over the last year and a half that I've been doing this as a politician. I cannot believe I'm saying that about myself, but I guess I have been a politician. And my whole concept was to make America great again. 
Okay, so he gives his stump speech. Okay, so all of this is, is going well so far. At this juncture, we have to play Good Trump, Bad Trump simply because Lindsay's here and she's never— <laughs> Lindsay's the creator of Good Trump, Bad Trump, by the way. It was not me. <laughs> she created—actually, she created, actually, did I create the concept of Good Trump, Bad Trump, and then you created the, the heads, or did you actually create Good Trump, Bad Trump out of— You said this is a good example of Trump being good, Good Trump. And then we—you oh, walked that's, in one day, and I had put the heads on stage. That's exact— and was singing to it. It was it was a coordinated effort, and and, and Lindsay sings to inanimate objects, and that's how we came up with Good Trump, Bad Trump. So we have to play the theme because she's never seen it. So Good Trump, Bad Trump. Let's do it. Good Trump, Bad Trump. Which one will we get today? Ah uh, yes. Okay. So there was plenty of congratulations to Lindsay. Her mark on the world has been left. So that's it. So so okay. Back to the debate. So. And then we get down to brass tacks. Anderson Cooper goes after Donald Trump on this on this uh, on this tape. The question from Patrice was about: Are you both modeling positive and appropriate behaviors for today's youth? We received a lot of questions online, Mr. Trump, about the tape that was released on Friday. As you can imagine, you called what you said locker room banter. You described kissing women without consent, grabbing their genitals. That is sexual assault. You bragged that you have sexually assaulted women. Do you understand that? No, I didn't say that at all. I don't think you understood what was said. This was locker room talk. Uh, I'm not proud of it. I apologize to my family. I apologize to the American people. Certainly, I'm not proud of it. But this is locker room talk. You know, when we have a world where you have ISIS chopping off heads, where you have... continues along these lines, right? Now, he's not making a bad point, right? He's basically saying, let's get back to the real issue here, which is that there are serious dangers in the world. Does he show the appropriate level of contrition here? I don't think he's that contrite about it, but Anderson Cooper isn't going to let him off this, this easy. So, for folks who think that only one shoe has dropped and another one is coming, here is your proof, okay? This is, this is just a quick political read. The next segment where Anderson Cooper grills Donald Trump, there is a purpose to this, okay? Watch this exchange. This is not the last you're going to hear of this exchange. Here we go. So, Mr. And Trump... We should get on to much more important things and much bigger things. Just for the record, though... Are you saying that what you said on that bus 11 years ago, that you did not actually kiss women without consent or grope women without consent? I have great respect for women. Nobody has more respect for women than I do. So for the uh, record, said, you're saying you never did that? I things that, frankly, you, you hear these things, I said. And I was embarrassed by it, but I have tremendous respect for women. Have you ever done those things? women have respect for me. And I will tell you, no, I have not. And I will tell you that I'm going to make our country safe. Thank you, Mr. And that's Trump. that's what I want to talk about. Secretary Clinton, do you want to respond? Well, like everyone else, I've spent a lot of time thinking over the last 48 hours um, about what we heard and saw. You know, with prior Republican nominees for president, I disagreed with them on politics, policies, principles, but I never questioned their fitness to serve. Donald Trump is different. I said starting back in June that he was not fit to be president and commander-in-chief. And many Republicans and independents have said the same thing. What we all saw and heard on Friday was Donald talking about women, what he thinks about women, what he does to women, and he has said that the video doesn't represent who he is, but I think it's clear to anyone who heard it that it represents exactly who he is. We can stop because there. we and then he she goes on to explain all the things that he's done in this campaign. Who wins this exchange? Number one, 
she clearly wins this exchange, right? I mean, he, he's standing there, and then she hits him with the woman card. She says, you know, as a woman, we've all been treated this way. We know men who have, been, who have treated us this way. Right now, before this debate, he was already sliding the polls. So let's not pretend that it was this tape in this debate that killed him. He was already sliding. He already had serious troubles by Wednesday of last week. We talked about the polls last week. But now, the gender gap is just going to explode. It's going to explode. I mean, the gender gap is going to go from 20 points to 35 points, and Trump is toast. So, but here's, here's the part of that exchange that's clearly a get. Cooper asks him, have you ever done the things you say on the tape? He asks him it three times. The first two times, Trump shies away. The third time, Trump says, no, I have not. Okay, that is going to be the clip that they play a thousand times because the fact is that what you're now going to see for a week, I promise you this, you're going to see for at least a week, a bunch of women, beautiful young women, come out and say Donald Trump did exactly what he talked about to me. You will see that. Okay, because the New York Times is reporting this back in May. The New York Times is reporting all the way back in May that there were women at the Miss Universe pageant who said that Donald Trump approached them and then, and then would just kiss them without permission. So this is what we call a setup. This is a journalistic setup. I know. I've done it myself. I mean, what you do is you push and you push until you get an answer that you're looking for, and then that's the baton that you wield against people. Right? Anybody who's ever questioned anybody as a prosecutor, as a lawyer, or as a journalist knows how to do this. They know how to do this. And you can see that, this is, that that's exactly what's happening here. You know that's where, where this is going. So big mistake by Trump there because that was the entire purpose of this line of questioning. Here's the quote, by the way, from the New York Times, May 15, 2016, quote, Temple Taggart, the 21-year-old Miss Utah, was startled by how forward he was with young contestants like her in 1997, his first year as the owner of Miss USA. As she recalls it, he introduced himself in an unusually <coughs> intimate manner, quote, He kissed me directly on the lips. I thought, oh my God, gross. He was married to Marla Maples at the time. I think there were a few other girls that he kissed on the mouth. I was like, wow. That's inappropriate. Mr. Trump disputes this, saying he's reluctant to kiss strangers on the lips. Except that now there's that tape of him saying that he loves kissing strangers on the lips, right? So I promise you, this is not the last you've heard of this. This is obviously, obviously, obviously a setup. That's obviously a setup. So that said, we move on in the debate. So Donald Trump, you know, now he's got troubles because these, this is not going away. Then Donald Trump, then Donald Trump, you know, gives kind of his final defense on this particular issue. Uh, he says th that Hillary Clinton, when she says that she's going to bring the country together around diversity or whatever, that's just words. That's what Hillary says. Those words, I've been hearing them for many years. I heard them when they were running for the Senate in New York, where Hillary was going to bring back jobs to upstate New York, and she failed. I've heard them where Hillary is constantly talking about the inner cities of our country, which are a disaster. Education. Sorry, he says she, she constantly is talking, but she never helps. I, I did want to take a moment here to show a clip which kind of demonstrates how the moderators were. Martha Raddatz was egregious. I mean, Martha Raddatz was just awful, awful. One of the worst things I've ever seen as a moderator. She shouldn't have been moderating after the VP debate last time. I mean, she was terrible last time. Now she does this debate, and she clearly just wanted to hit Trump over and over. Here's an example uh, of Martha Raddatz going after Trump. Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump, campaign. I want to get to audience questions and online questions. So she's allowed to do that, but I'm not allowed to. You're respond. going to have you're going. And, and it goes on like that. The entire debate, Martha Raddatz was just all over him. It actually made you sympathetic to him because she was so forward. OK, here's Trump's actual response to Hillary on the locker room talk. And he's been wa everyone's waiting for for a while for Donald Trump to drop this bomb. So we'll play this one at length. Okay, this is Donald Trump dropping the bomb on Hillary Clinton about her husband's sexual assaults and her alleged sexual assaults and her alleged attempts to cover them up. That was locker room talk. Uh, I'm not proud of it. I am a person who 
has great respect for people, for my family, for the people of this country, and certainly I'm not proud of it, but that was something that uh, happened. If you look at uh, Bill Clinton, far worse, minor words, and his was action. His was what he's done to women. There's never been anybody in the history of politics in this nation that's been so abusive to women. So you can say any way you want to say it, but Bill Clinton was abusive to women. Hillary Clinton attacked those same women and attacked them viciously. Four of them are here tonight. One of the women, who is a wonderful woman, at 12 years old, was raped at 12. Her client, she represented, got him off, and she's seen laughing on two separate occasions, laughing at the girl who was raped. Kathy Shelton, that young woman, is here with us tonight. So don't tell me about words. I am absolutely, I apologize for those words. But it is things that people say. But what President Clinton did, he was impeached. He lost his license to practice law. He had to pay an $850,000 fine to one of the women, Paula Jones, who's also here tonight. And I will tell you that when Hillary brings up a point like that, and she talks about words that I said 11 years ago. I think it's disgraceful, and I think she should be ashamed of herself, if you want to know the truth. Okay, so that's, that's Trump's answer. And he, I mean, he, he hits her hard. I will point out here that he misses the, the, the knockout punch, which is if you're going to hit her with this, you hit her with Juanita Broderick. I mean, your husband raped somebody, and then you intimidated her. And then what he should have said is, Hillary Clinton, Juanita Broderick is here with us tonight. Do you have any words that you want to say to Juanita Broderick? Would you like to apologize to Juanita Broderick? Right? You force her into the corner if you really want to deliver the knockout blow? He didn't do that. He sort of let her slip the punch. And instead, here was her response. Well, you owe the president an apology because, as you know very well, Response. Uh, okay. so your in any campaign. Case, sorry, I'll pause it for one second. She says, first, let me say so much of what he said is not right, but he gets to run his campaign any way he chooses. And then she says, when they go low, you go high. So she tries to pretend that none of this ever happened, or she just acts like it never happened, and she just kind of glosses right over it. She just glosses right over it. Okay, well, you know. That is what it. That is what it is. That is what it is. I mean, she glosses right over it. It it, it doesn't stick to her quite as much as the, the comments stick to him because they're all allegations and because they're not on tape and they can't replay the tape every five seconds on the news as they will all day today and as they have. But Trump is on offense. So this is the turning point in the debate. This is when Trump goes on offense and he stays on offense basically the rest of the debate. And this is why he does well in the debate. He does better than than he's supposed to in the debate because Donald Trump's goal in this debate is basically to keep her on on the defensive and also. Not not to die. I mean, that's basically his goal is not to not to watch his campaign completely fall apart. Okay, gotta take a quick break here for another advertiser, Nature Box. So people around the office have told me that the stuff in this is really, really good. You go to naturebox.com slash Ben, and you can pick snacks, and they send them to your house. They send them to your office. And uh, instead of eating chips and cookies and junk, they actually send you stuff that people in the office, they say it tastes delicious. They have 100 snacks to choose from, from healthy to indulgent, no artificial flavors, no artificial colors or sweeteners. So you go there, you pick your snacks, and you enjoy. And they have this tremendous variety. You can pick whichever snacks you want in this box. And they're offering you two free snacks when you go to Nature 
naturebox.com slash Ben, which is pretty cool because they're, you know, the snacks are great. Avoid the guilt. Go to naturebox.com slash Ben. You get two delicious snacks for free. And uh, it's naturebox.com slash Ben. And uh, they have a list, I mean, a really long list here of, of, what these, of what these treats are. And, I mean, they range from things like vanilla bean wafers uh, down to fruit stars. And, I mean, it's everybody in the office, all, all the people in the office uh, eat them, and they say that they're, they're absolutely wonderful. So make sure that you check them out. Naturebox.com slash Ben. Use the slash Ben so that you get the, uh, so that you get the discount. Uh, and also so you let them know that we sent you. Okay, so Donald Trump continues being on offense, and he does so by going after Hillary Clinton on the email. So he says that, that Bernie Sanders signed on with the devil. And then the media goes crazy over this because they're saying that Trump is calling her the devil. He's not, okay? It's a colloquialism. The media is really unfair on this debate particularly. They said Trump was hovering over her. He wasn't hovering over her. That was the camera angle. But they say that, that he calls it. He says that, she signed, that, uh, that Sanders signed on with the devil. He slapped her so hard on the emails. I mean, this was probably the best point of his, uh, of his debate campaign so far. Clip 20. I was so surprised to see him sign on with the devil. But when you talk about apology, I think the one that you should really be apologizing for and the thing that you should be apologizing for are the 33,000 emails that you deleted and that you acid washed. And then the two boxes of emails and other things last week that were taken from an office and are now missing. And I'll tell you what. I didn't think I'd say this, but I'm going to say it, and I hate to say it, but if I win, I am going to instruct my attorney general to get a special prosecutor to look into your situation, because there has never been so many lies, so much deception, there has never been anything like it, and we're going to have a special prosecutor. When I speak, I go out and speak, the people of this country are furious. In my opinion, the people that have been long-term workers at the FBI are furious. There has never been anything like this where emails and you get a subpoena, you get a subpoena, and after getting the subpoena, you delete 33,000 emails, and then you acid wash them or bleach them, as you would say, a very expensive process. Okay, by the way, um, just in breaking news, Katrina Pearson is now tweeting that, um, that, quote, I can't keep my phone charged due to the mass volume of texts from people all over the country who will vote Trump but not down ballot. So again, now his entire campaign team is trying to actively sabotage Republican chances. This was, but back to the debate, this was Trump's best point in the debate when Donald Trump said, when, when Donald Trump says, I'd appoint a special prosecutor to, to go after you, basically. Okay, so people were, were going crazy over this because of what he said next. This is the exchange where he says that he would put her in jail. The audience needs to I calm down here. I told people that it would be impossible to be fact-checking Donald all the time. I'd never get to talk about anything I want to do and how we're going to really uh, make lives better for people. So, once again, go to HillaryClinton.com. We have literally Trump. You can fact-check him, fact-check, fact-check him in real time. Last time at the first debate, we had millions of people uh, fact-checking, so I expect we'll have millions more fact-checking uh, because, you know, it is, uh, it's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. We want to remind the audience to please not uh, 
talk out loud. Please do not applaud. You're just wasting time. Okay, so so a few things that are noteworthy about this. First of all, when Donald is laying out all the charges against her, which are completely correct, I mean they're they're totally true. Uh, that's you can see with her with her crazy smile when she, when she gets awkward, she smiles like a crazy person, and so she she starts smiling like a crazy person, like the Riddler as he's about to unleash his green gas or something, and uh, and it's and it's it's clear that he's got her on the ropes, and then she's babbling nonsensically until she finally gets to it's good that we don't have his temperament. He says because you'd be in jail. The media lost their minds over this comment. Oh my God, he's like a banana republic. He's like a dictator. He wants to jail his opponent. Okay, first of all, he's joking. He's clearly joking. Second of all. When he says that you'd be in jail, he means because you're guilty, and I would appoint a special prosecutor to look into your guilt. Not, I'm going to unilaterally grab you and throw you into a prison like a Ukrainian dictator, right? That's not, that's not what he means. So that's totally unfair to Trump. So she's now on the ropes, and she continues to be on the ropes because whenever he's attacking her, and I've been saying this the entire election cycle, when he attacks her, he's 100% right. When she attacks him, she's 100% right. When they defend themselves, they are lying 100% of the time. So here is Donald Trump. This is Hillary Clinton saying that she takes classified materials seriously and Donald Trump slamming the living crap out of her. I take classified materials very seriously and always have. When I was on the Senate Armed Services Committee, I was privy to a lot of classified material. Obviously, as Secretary of State, I had some of the most important secrets uh, that we possess, such as going after bin Laden. Uh, so I am very committed to taking classified information seriously. And as I said, there is no evidence uh, that any classified information ended up in the wrong hands. Okay, we're going to move on. And yet, she didn't know the word, the letter C on a document, right? She didn't even know what that word, what that letter meant. You know, it's amazing. I'm watching Hillary go over facts. And she's going after fact after fact. And she's lying again. Because she said she, you know, what she did with the emails was fine. You think it was fine to delete 33,000 emails? I don't think so. She said the 33,000 emails had to do with her daughter's wedding, number one, and a yoga class. Well, maybe we'll give three or three or four or five or something. 33,000 emails deleted. And now she's saying there wasn't anything wrong. And more importantly, that was after getting a subpoena. That wasn't before. But there, that I mean, he just hammers her and hammers her and hammers her. And you can see she's so unhappy. She's so unhappy. And the hammering continues. The hammering continues until finally she drops the only bomb she has in her arsenal, which is you're desperate and you're losing. Allow her to respond, please. Personal emails, not oh, official. 33,000? Yeah. Well, we turned over 35,000. So oh, yeah. It was, what about the other 15,000? Uh, please allow her to respond. She didn't talk while you talked. Yes, that's true. I didn't. Because you I didn't in the say. first debate, and uh, I'm going to try not to in this debate because uh, I'd like to get to the questions that the people have brought here tonight uh, to talk to us about. And get off this question. Okay, Donald, I know you're into big diversion tonight, anything to avoid talking about your campaign and the way it's exploding and the way Republicans are leaving you. Okay, and so, and so she drops that bomb on him. He's right. She's trying to get off the question, and he's right that she's trying to get off the question, and she's right that he's also trying to get off his campaign. So again, anything they say about each other is 100% true. Everything else they say is almost always uh, almost always a lie. Okay, so finally they get to some real questions. And they talk about Obamacare, and he's good, and she's not. And then they talk about Muslims, and this is the point where where Clavin thinks that Trump made his his strongest pitch. This is clip twenty six. Uh, this is where he talks about the, the no, somebody asks about Islamophobia, and here was Trump's answer. There are three point three million Muslims in the United States, and I'm one of them. 
You've mentioned working with Muslim nations, but with Islamophobia on the rise, how will you help people like me deal with the consequences of being labeled as a threat to the country after the election is over? Mr. Trump, you're first. Well, you're right about Islamophobia, and that's a shame. But one thing we have to do is we have to make sure that because there is a problem. I mean, whether we like it or not, and we can be very politically correct, but whether we like it or not, there is a problem. And we have to be sure that Muslims come in and report when they see something going on. When they see hatred going on, they have to report it. As an example, in San Bernardino, many people saw the bombs all over the apartment of the two people that killed 14 and wounded many, many people. Horribly wounded, they'll never be the same. Muslims have to report the problems when they see them. And, you know, there's, a, there's always a reason for everything. If they don't do that, it's a very difficult situation for our country. Because you look at Orlando, and you look at San Bernardino, and you look at the World Trade Center, go outside, you look at Paris, look at that horrible, these are radical Islamic terrorists. He said, and, so he, and, and this, is, this is Trump's stump speech. All of this, all of which would be effective and bracing and somewhat refreshing about, yes, Islamophobia is a problem when it occurs, but we're significantly more worried about Islamic terrorism than people saying mean things about radical Islamic terrorism. That, that would all be fine and good, except that it's coming from Donald Trump, except that it's coming from Donald Trump. So, you know, continuing forward, Trump wins. I mean, he does. The worst moment for Hillary Clinton is, uh, is, the, one where she, is the one where she's talking about why she switched her stance on things. This would be clip. 30, if we can grab that. So, two from Virginia asks, is it okay for politicians to be two-faced? Is it acceptable for a politician to have a private stance on issues? Secretary Clinton, well, your two minutes. Right. As, as I recall, that was uh, something I said about Abraham Lincoln uh, after having seen the wonderful Steven Spielberg movie called Lincoln, it was a master class watching President Lincoln get the Congress to approve the 13th Amendment. It was principled and it was strategic. And I was making the point that it is hard sometimes to get the Congress to do what you want to do, and you have to keep working at it. And yes, President Lincoln was trying to convince some people, he used some arguments. Convincing other people, he used other arguments. That uh, was a great, uh, uh, I thought, a great uh, display of presidential leadership. Okay, so she blames the movie Lincoln for her saying that she lies to people, basically. And Trump hits her on it, and this was Trump's, this really was Trump's high point of the night. Again, there were a bunch of high points for Trump, but it's too late. It's too late. I mean, so I'll, I'll tell you what the impact of this debate is in a second. But here's, here's Donald Trump hitting her over the Lincoln comments. And this was, you know, people were saying this is a high point for him. I, I think it was very funny, but, it's, but he didn't mean it to be funny because, it, just watch it, just watch it. Going to get to that later. Has Secretary Clinton, and you're out of time. Well, I think I should Mr. Trump. because it's so ridiculous. Look, now she's blaming. She got caught in a total lie. Her papers went out to all her friends at the banks, Goldman Sachs, and everybody else, and she said things, WikiLeaks, that just came out, and she lied. Now she's blaming the lie on the late great Abraham Lincoln. That's one that I haven't. Okay, honest Abe. Honest Abe never lied. That's the good thing. That's the big difference between Abraham Lincoln and you. 
That's a big, big difference. We're talking about some difference. <laughs> and she, you can see how upset she is because like, the, the reason that I, I find this, this clip so amusing is because when he says the late, great Abraham Lincoln, he's not even sure he's joking until he gets to the end of the phrase when he says the late, great Abraham Lincoln. But it's, it's a funny line. It's a funny line. Okay, so he hits her and he hits her again. Now, this doesn't mean that he's not incompetent, that he's not ignorant. He is. I mean, his, his explanation of Syrian policy was just bizarre. It made no sense. Uh, and, he, and there was one point where he just dumped his vice president directly under the bus. He was asked about Syrian policy, and he just took, and he just took Pence and, uh, and basically threw him directly under the bus. And it was, uh, and it was not a great moment uh, for, for Mike Pence. This would be, let's see, which clip would this be? Sorry, folks, we have like a thousand clips here. Um, but this was um, uh, th- 37, actually, 37. And, and one thing up. I have to say, You're two I don't like up. Assad at all, but Assad is killing ISIS. Russia is killing ISIS. And Iran is killing ISIS. And those three have now lined up because of our weak foreign policy. Mr. Trump, let me repeat the question. If you were president, what would you do about Syria and the humanitarian crisis in Aleppo? And I want to remind you what your running mate said. He said provocations by Russia need to be met with American strength and that if Russia continues to be involved in airstrikes along with the Syrian government forces of Assad, the United States of America should be prepared to use military force to strike the military targets of the Assad regime. Okay. He and I haven't spoken and I disagree. I disagree. You disagree with your running mate. I think we have to knock out ISIS. Right now, Syria is fighting ISIS. We have people that want to fight both at the same time. But Syria is no longer Syria. Syria is Russia, and it's Iran, who she made strong, and Kerry and Obama made into a very powerful nation Sound and a very like rich nation Folks, very, very quickly. That's a horrifying very, shot. Very, very quickly. <laughs> okay, so he, he, dumps, he dumps Mike Pence right under the bus, and, uh, and Mike Pence sits up. After this debate, before this debate, by the way, there were rumors that Mike Pence was going to drop out of the race, that he was so upset with, with the tape on Friday and Trump's handling of it that he was going to dump out. Uh, and then after the debate, he congratulated Donald Trump on his big win from his, uh, from his kennel in the, in the basement of Winterfell. Um, and, but it's in the end, in the end, Trump ends up winning. And there's plenty more to talk about in this debate, but we're, we're running short on time, so we'll skip forward a little bit. But uh, th- all, of, all this really does, what does this do in the long run for Donald Trump? It doesn't do much. So I'm going to disagree. Here's Charles Krauthammer's take on what happened in the debate. This is clip 51. Uh, here's Char- Charles Krauthammer's take on what happened in the debate. He says Trump saved himself. Look, uh, Donald Trump went into this debate with his campaign hanging by a thread, hemorrhaging, with governors, Republican senators, members of Congress, running away. And had he not done well in this debate, his campaign was over. And that's why I think it turned out to be, sort of on points, on merits, roughly a draw. But that for him is like for the Harvard football team, that was a win because it salvages his campaign, he's able to go on. Okay, so he's a, it salvaged a win. Okay, here's what actually happened. His campaign is able to go on. He's right. His campaign was hanging by a thread. The campaign is able to go on. That does not mean that he's going to win. He's not going to win. Okay, and now all that's happened is that a lot of people are going to be— now the, the divisions in the Republican Party have actually been accentuated because a lot of people are now going to try to force people into the car with Donald Trump. There's big protests as we sit here right now 
There's a very large protest apparently happening outside the headquarters of the Republican National Committee, uh, trying to pressure them into extending more support for Trump even as he collapses. Uh, and there are signs there saying things like, better to, better to grab a P-word than to be one. Meaning that if it, that that you're you're pansying out if you don't if you don't back Donald Trump and that's going to be the line here. But let's be real about this. This isn't about Donald Trump anymore. This is about the down ballot. This is about the Senate and the House. And Donald Trump is now actively in the act of sabotaging his own party in order to assure that he only loses by seven as opposed to losing by ten, or in order to assure that they can't walk away from him and smack him on the way out. They're all going to have to burn on this pyre with him. And the debate actually, in some ways, hurts the Republican Party more than helping them because it provides this threat of lies that allows them to to maintain their ties to Trump. It almost would have been better, as I said at the very beginning, almost would have been better for the Republican Party, now, now that it's clear that Trump is toast. It might have been better for them if he had gone out and absolutely made a fool of himself. He didn't, and that's just going to prolong the agony. So now, now, the, the, now all that's happening is that his campaign is in hospice. When they say he stopped the bleeding, that's true in the same sense that you stopped the bleeding from somebody who's already bled out. There's not a lot more blood to give here. Or maybe there is, and we'll find out what it is. I don't know how you go lower than 38% in a national poll, but we may find new, we may find new lows here. We may find new ways to do it. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty spectacular. So if I sound depressed today, that's because I am depressed. This isn't an I told you so moment, because the fact is that none of that matters. The only thing that matters is how do you stop the Democrats? How do you stop Hillary Clinton's agenda? I didn't think that Trump was ever going to stop that agenda. I thought he was part of that agenda. I thought that Trump reflected a lot of that agenda. I thought he was going to poison the Republican base and the Republican Party. I thought he was going to demonstrate to the to the, the electorate that Republicans should never have power. And he's been doing that four square. The only way to stop this right now is for people to quietly distance themselves from Trump and just take the hit from his supporters because this is, you know, I understand supporters being angry. I do. I understand if you still think he's going to win. If you still think he's going to win, you need to stop reading some of the sources you're looking at and start looking at the polls. That's all. Real polls, not stupid online polls that don't mean anything. Please, for the love of God, live in the real world. Then we can all we can have a conversation if you live in the real world. We can't have a conversation if you're going to live in a fantasy world where, where I am the only thing standing between Donald Trump and victory. The thing standing between Donald Trump and victory is, was, and always has been Donald Trump. It always has been. He could have wooed me. I wrote a piece for National Review. He could have. But uh, he decided it was more important to be Donald Trump. All right. Time for some things I hate and some, some stuff I like and some stuff that I hate. Okay, so the stuff I like, uh, I am reading a, uh, reading a new book by Tom Wolfe, who's one of my favorite writers. His nonfiction's a lot better than his fiction, actually. I like his fiction, but it tends to be a little bit overlong, uh, and, uh, and it kind of varies in quality. But his new book, The Kingdom of Speech, is really great, because I, I, I bought it thinking it was fiction. It's nonfiction, actually. Uh, and it's all about the theory of evolution and how the, the theory of evolution can't account for the development of human language. And it's really quite fascinating. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm almost done with it now. It's a very short volume. It's about 160 pages. Really well written. Uh, if, you, if you like that sort of thing, if you like science, if you like natural history, then, then this is a, it's, it's a great book. And Wolf, of course, is a terrific writer, very amusing, really goes after Darwin hard. Uh, and I'm, I'm a believer in, in the theory of evolution, by the way. And, I, and it's, it's, in a, it's a fascinating book and uncovers some aspects of the theory of evolution that really have been ignored for, for too long. Okay, so that's the thing I like. Now, uh, something else that I like, uh, and I liked it more, I think, you know, before Kellyanne Conway decided that it was more important for her to be uh, a Donald Trump surrogate than a good person. Um, but Saturday Night Live did a bit on Kellyanne Conway and what her day is like lately. Uh, and this is what her day off looks like. And this is actually, SNL is very rarely funny, and we'll hit them again in a second. But this is actually quite funny.
Donald Trump has tweeted yet again that Hillary Clinton cheated on her husband. Kellyanne, how do you defend this tweet? Jake, it's, that's unfair, because what Mr. Trump was getting at here it clearly is not that Hillary cheated on Bill, but that she's been cheating the American people for decades. But that's not what the tweet said. I think if you really look at it, if you read the whole tweet, that is what it said. Okay, well, thank you for coming in on your day off. Of course. It's her exercising, folks, and, and then her phone rings, and naturally... Okay, Jake, so this tweet is actually taken out of context. Of course, Mr. Trump thinks that Mexicans can read. And actually, what he wants them to read the most is Hillary Clinton's 33,000 missing emails. Okay, Kellyanne. We good? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's painting and she's back in her yard having fun. Okay, so this one is simple, Jake. Mr. Trump did the deaf voice at his rally this morning so that deaf people could hear him, too. <laughs> and it just gets... Okay, so yes, Mr. Trump did challenge Obama to a penis off, and if the president would simply produce his penis, we could get back to talking about what's really important, which is jobs. Yes, he did say that it is gross to watch gay people eat pasta because he wants them to eat healthy foods. But why even say that, Kellyanne? Jake, I have to put this ice cream in the freezer. I'm uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's, it's a very funny bit, obviously, because that's that really is what this campaign is for his surrogates. Is what what do you what do you do here? Like what do you what do you do with this? And and now it's you must all do it or you will perish in the hellfire and damnation of Donald Trump. Okay, so now. Now it is time for, uh, uh, you know what, we have one more thing I like because it's been so negative the whole day. We need some things I like. Ken Bone is one of the guys, we had to Ken Bone. Ken Bone is uh, th this studly fellow. He, he, was, uh, he was a questioner at last night's debate and he made all sorts of headlines because this is what he looks like. He looks like uh, a tubby guy uh, with, uh, with a uh, mustache and he was wearing a, like a, a red sweater, like a heavy, like a cable knit red sweater that zipped halfway down. Uh, he looks like, what's, what's the name of that guy in Rat Race? There, there's the. Uh, he's also in City Slickers, eh, whatever. He, he, he looks like a Guess Who character. He does. Uh, so, so Lindsay says he looks like a Guess Who character. Okay, uh, but he he asked a question last night about energy policy, and he quickly became the talk of the town because he seems like kind of a normal everyday guy. And uh, and here he was on CNN, and this is so charming and wonderful. I love it. Uh, yeah, I had a really nice olive suit that I love a great deal, and my mother would have been very proud to see me wearing on television. But apparently I've gained about 30 pounds, and when I went to get in my car the morning of the debate, I split the seat of my pants all the way open. Uh, so the red sweater is plan B. I'm glad it worked out. <laughs> See, that's why people love you on the internet, because you're refreshingly honest. <laughs> and it's true, he's become like a thing on, on the internet. And everybody who's making fun, I would just say this, Ken Bone would make a better president than both of the people who were on stage last night, and it is not close. Uh, he's the only person who's honest. He even talks about when he splits the seat of his pants. You can't get him to stop being honest. So, uh, so that's, so there, there, there you are. Okay, finally, things I hate, so. Let me just say this, screw you, Hollywood. Screw you, because you make a big deal out of Donald Trump's tape. 
And all you people in Hollywood, a lot of you people do exactly the same kind of stuff Trump does. You give you give Oscars to Roman Polanski for rape, after raping a 13-year-old, 14-year-old girl. Uh, you you give compliments to Woody Allen despite what he allegedly did to his stepdaughter. Uh, you you you're willing to go the extra mile for Hillary and Bill Clinton who do terrible, awful things to women. Alec Baldwin does not have a wonderful history with, with women, it turns out. Um, but he's playing Donald Trump. And by the way, I used to think Alec Baldwin was a good actor, but I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if he hit his head or something. He's playing Donald Trump, and he stinks at it. I mean, he's really, really bad at it. And this was supposed to be making fun of the tape from, uh, from Donald Trump, the, the Access Hollywood tape. Uh, and here is Alec Baldwin doing truly an awful, truly awful Donald Trump. I mean, this is, this is borderline worse than my Donald Trump. Wow. Mr. Trump, this leaked audio showed you saying, um, you know, I can't, I can't quite say it on live television, um, but basically uh, you said you wanted to... to Grab them by the... Oh, oh my God. And I would like to take this time to formally apologize what are you saying? I deeply apologize. Are you trying to say apologize? No, I would never do that. What I am doing is apologizing to all the people who were offended by my statements, but more importantly, uh, to the people who were turned on by them. I hear it's really 50-50. Uh, okay, but Mr. Trump, why would you say these horrible things in the first place? Uh, come on, Brooke. I was trying to look cool. I mean, what normal red-blooded American doesn't want to impress the Billy Bush? Okay, and uh, it was that bad. It was that bad for, for like seven solid minutes. It is not good. So beyond the quality of this, which is really bad, having all of these Hollywood hacks who say exactly the same sorts of things about women. I mean, Holly, you want to go to a sexist place, go to Hollywood. Hollywood is the center of American sexism. They talk about American campuses. They talk about a kind of red state America. No, the most sexist place in America is Hollywood. Hollywood is a deeply sexist place. The casting couch is still very much alive and well. Uh, and it is true that a lot of these celebrities believe they can get away with virtually anything because they're celebrities. And the truth is that they're right because they do get away with it for 30 years like Bill Cosby if they're celebrities. So for them to come out and condemn Donald Trump for being a Hollywood media-created Democrat well, that's what he is. I mean, and that's who you people are. So you guys really don't get to complain about it. If anybody gets to complain about the lack of standards, then uh, it's me. Because I actually care about standards and have always cared about standards. So uh, that takes us to the end of today's show. We will tell you, uh, we, will, we will be back tomorrow and tell you more about the fallout as, uh, as the chaos continues. I mean, we're now in the full-scale meltdown chaos mode, and it's tragic. I mean, this is not, like, seriously, I'm getting a lot of emails, oh, aren't you chortling? No, I'm not. No, I'm not, because I care about the country, and I care about conservatism, and this whole thing has just been one slow-rolling tsunami of disaster, hatred, and chaos. So, well done, everybody. Uh, you can take the, take the rest of the afternoon off and enjoy yourselves. We'll be back, we'll be back tomorrow with more awful pessimism. You don't listen to optimism. Go, go listen to Clavin's show or, or go over to Breitbart where they have Fantasyland Trump and he's winning by 13 <laughs> points and, and, every, and the skies are all blue and everything is wonderful. So, okay, we will be back tomorrow uh, and hopefully we'll have less depressing news for you then. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. <laughs>
Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 